Money Radio, discussing the business of making and spending money. Good day, you are welcome to Money Radio. I'm your host, Case Harmon. With me in the studio are... Nse Antonio Ko, it's good to be here. And... And I'm Isaac Aymori. It's my pleasure to be here once again. You're welcome. Today we are discussing the need to generate more IGRA, especially in states. Over the years, we've seen that states are poor generators of IGRA, and because of that, or maybe because of the provision at the federal level, state governors come to the federal capital every month as if a cap in hand. We need our allocation. And because of that, we see that poor generation of revenue in states is keeping states back they hardly have enough to spend on infrastructure. So we want to discuss the need this evening of states, of states to generate more revenue. Uh, we would like to discuss things like transparency, accountability, performance, target-based revenue, and uh, where these revenues are going. Yes, thank you, guys. Um, I think it is time for us to look inwards. It is time for our citizens to begin to engage the state governments on how the IGROs are collected and administered. Because of our time, because of um, the federal allocation, uh, of course we had a huge pause before now. So the trend was people coming to Abuja every month, like you said, with cap in hand to collect their due. But as you are aware, um, resources from the federal government are dwindling, and there can be no better time for us to begin to engage governors you know, on how best to manage our internal resources. Yeah, sure. We've seen um, a, a, a a few states that have done very well in terms of internally generated revenue. Lagos is particularly a, a good example. Um, Lagos does not earn so much in terms of oil, so the allocation it receives from the uh, federal government, it's low. In fact, in terms of it being um, the economic capital of this nation, what it receives is really, really minimal from the federal at the federal level. But a whole lot of its income is generated from internal is re- generated internally, and that comes from um, good management, the being able to use experts in that regard. But one of the burdens or one of the fears people have, or it push back people have about uh, paying or generating revenue is the issue of transparency. Yeah. When you are not transparent about uh, what you generate and how you spend it, people are reluctant to pay uh, taxes. Very true. uh, Very true, Kes. You would agree with me that if you go to some states, what you would find would irritate you. You see some barely literate dogs, political dogs, who wear big sticks, you know, to harass market women, 
shop owners forever. Motorists. You know, and so on and so forth. Uh-huh. That is uncivilized. Yes. You know, they actually harass these people. Some even beat, you know, business people up, you know, to collect this revenue. I think we need to sanitize that. The state governments need to sanitize that. The House of Assembly needs to sit, sit up, okay, <laughs> and engage the governors because the rainy days are gone, okay? So we need to actually tidy up how we collect this revenue. We have to engage professionals. They will have to be accountable, you know, because um, at the Nigerians are always... Um, looking out for the federal budget every year uh, look out for okay capital votes uh, vote for expenditure uh, proceeds from crude and benchmarks and all that but they don't pay as much attention to the trends at the state level okay so how many people scrutinize their state's budgets to say okay um, how much is our agr who are the people paying this mornings then what are we going to use it for at the end of the year do they go back to engage their leaders to say hey you said we're, we're going to generate two billion or four billion as the case may be you know for the outgoing fiscal year did we hit that target where is the money what did we do with it well you know, usually i think uh, the time is now to, yeah. to begin to do all those engagements you make a good point there usually governors don't feel obligated to pass such information to their citizens because they hardly collect revenue from those citizens. Yes, once you are not collecting revenue from the citizens, you don't feel obligated to give them... No, but they do. The IGR will actually go to the states. The internally generated revenue from each state, you know, is collected and remitted to the state governments. Yes, okay. the IGR, but I'm talking yeah. about state IGR. Is the state uh, IGR, is the state about? IGR we're talking about? Yeah, yes. It's collected from the citizens. It's collected from various economic activities within yeah. the state. Within the state. The market to the state the, governors. The, the shops, state government. the businesses yeah. that are um, on ground in that state. Yeah. And then um, even transports. Um, operators, yeah. a whole lot of business. So yeah. it comes actually from the citizens. Yeah. And the citizens need to hold their state governors accountable yeah. to know what level of revenue is being generated and how it is being spent. Yeah. yeah, You make a point. What I'm saying is, because it is generated in such uncivilized manner, mm. thugs coming to beat market yeah. women and men, yeah. beat pe- business people, you can hardly be accountable to, or you, you can hardly hold the governor no, responsible no, I, I think, for I think such it, money. So it has to be in, done in a civilized... No, it, well, it's actually not a factor of how the money is collected. Okay? It's actually a factor of how much interest is shown by the citizens. Because at the end of the year, um, you know, when you are doing budget performance, okay, uh-huh. the state governor will come, present the budget, the proposed budget for the next fiscal year, and will you know, parade what he or she did with revenues that accrue to the state in the outgoing year. So he'll mention, you know, that line, IGR, uh, the target, what was collected, and what they did with it. So the people should engage these governors. Um, members of the House of Assembly should engage them and say, okay, you projected X amount of money as IGR. What did you do with it? Okay. Uh-huh. What about how do you generate that IGR? 
Yes, it's also important. Like I said in my opener, we have to sanitize because yes. what IGRs are produced across states are big men, you know, big togs, okay? And we know them, you know. Uh, if you read the papers, you see former tog, big tog in Lagos, big tog in Edo, big tog in, you know, uh, uh, rivers. They are there. Let me put my point into perspective. Yeah. Edo State. Yes. Under a former governor. Yeah. Folks were everywhere. Mm. They were collecting revenue. Yeah. But how would the governor or how would the citizens hold the governor accountable for monies that were collected in such uncivilized manner? So, yeah. a new governor came in, yeah. Obaseki, and he decided to sanitize the manner in which monies are collected. Yes. In that case, when they have, when revenue is generated, the citizens can ask the governor, what did you do with this money? Because we know that what they are collecting goes to state coffers. Well, like I said earlier, it is not a function of how the money is collected. There are levels of engagement. There are windows of engagement. At the state level, you have civil society organizations. You have the media. You have the House of Assembly. You have other stakeholders Okay, that can actually ask the governor. So even when the means of collecting this money was crude and uh, very, uh, uh, you know, it didn't stop the people from asking questions if they didn't have a, maybe an ambivalent disposition towards governance. You understand it? <laughs> because if uh, people are actually interested, they would, they would engage governments. Okay, like the other state uh, case you mentioned, between 2016 and 2017, um, the governor, with the introduction of technology in the use of collecting revenue, the governor uh, revenue collection, uh, you know, increased by 500%. Because the governor uh, realized that if you introduce technology, then um, you reduce human contact with money. And you also cut down the level of fraud that people perpetrate with the collection of IGR. So, in some states, you have revenue collectors having three booklets, three different receipt booklets. One for government, one for their bosses, and one for themselves. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> That's how bastardized the system is. So, he introduced use of technology, POS, and all that. And, you know, the increase was, you know, over 500%. So I think it's uh, something other states should also uh, borrow and, and see how we can actually tie it. Because I, 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 I disagree with the notion that states, all these states are not viable. Most of Nigeria's states are not viable. It's not true. They're actually yes. poorly managed. That is my position. So if we formalize some of the small businesses in those states, provide um, technical supports, you know, to guide these small businesses so that they are properly registered, you know, give them some soft loans, see them through, and um, to a point where these this companies, small, small businesses are strong enough to pay some uh, level of revenue to the states. All the states have something to bring to the table at the end of the year. Talking about revenue generation, can we look into states' resources, natural resources, 
how can they generate revenue from such uh, resources? Of course, each of Nigeria is um, blessed with abundance of natural resources. As we speak, there are, we have over um, 45 natural resources that are found in each, in different, uh, that are distributed around all the states of the Federation. And you find out that there is nothing, there is no state that does not have a natural resource that it can harness and, uh, and it becomes the main revenue earner for that state. So it's just for us to, to, to look in where we have the coal in, um, in Enugu, we have um, cocoa in the West, we have, even when it comes to, besides natural resources, when it comes to food production, we have um, uh, agric. We remember the North was well known for its um, rice pyramids, all those kind of things. We're, we actually need Ground to groundnut pyramids. Pyramid, yeah. we, we need to go back to all those things and um, look away from oil. Oil, yeah, it's good. It was good at a point, but right now, um, the revenue from oil is not enough to sustain the country. So if the states want to do better by their people, they have to look at their natural resources, look at how best to harness them, and then raise enough money to be able to to justify the trust that the, the citizens have put in them to be uh, to be voted into office. Yeah, on natural resources, I'll just uh, make uh, my intervention. Uh, we, we know that we have uh, the three lists, the exclusive list, the concurrent list, and the residual list. And uh, some of these natural resources are on these lists. Okay, uh, crude oil, for example, even royalties paid to federal government. So... Uh, there's actually much. I mean, there's very little estate can enjoy in terms of economic activities. I'm not talking about oil receipts from the federal government. Uh, the same with uh, some solid minerals. Okay, uh -huh. but I think that is even fueling the agitation for restructuring. Okay, that some resources, some natural resources, should be on the concurrent list where the state can also. Uh, you know, participate. So it wouldn't just be federal government this, federal government that, you know, all the big um, ticket investments are on the residual lists, okay? So perhaps if we, the federal government can release its stranglehold <laughs> on some of these natural resources, then the states will have more uh, control, then more economic activities, more IGRO, you know, uh, so that's how, that's how it works. Let's take a break. Yeah. We'll be back in the next one minute. Thank you. You're welcome back to Money Radio. Still with me in the studio, uh, Nse and uh, Isaac. Uh, thank you, Kes. Thank you. Yes. We talked about uh, internally generated revenue at state level. Let's talk about tourism. Can uh, states generate money via tourism? Yes, yeah. the states can generate huge revenue from tourism. Unfortunately, with COVID-19 and its associated impact, uh, it is not the best time 
you know, for the tourism industry because, as you are aware, there are travels, there are travel restrictions. You know, even though uh, they are gradually, you know, easing, you know, all of that now. But um, maybe internally, maybe you know, uh, we can do some domestic tourism. Uh, before COVID-19, the figures are there. Tourism was the highest employer of labor worldwide. Okay, because the value chain is so long. Yeah. Uh, you know, from travels to destinations to hotels to your bars, transportation, you know, a whole lot. Okay. Yes, maybe for post-COVID projection, uh, we can begin to look at, okay, what should we do? to kickstart the tourism industry, you know, post-COVID-19. And um, I think we need an intervention fund. Uh, The federal government will have to also intervene in this sector by setting aside a pool of fund for players in the industry. For example, owners of um, the airlines, okay, because of lack of activity, uh, you know, will need money to buy more aircraft uh, you know to their fleet then uh, the hotels too they haven't been doing so well you know so we also have to support them because any money you put into tourism would um, generate more money you know for the economy okay, okay. then beyond all our attitude towards recreation and rest that is actually a personal thing we need to start imbibing the culture of relaxation. How many of us um, attach any premium whatsoever to relaxation, to rest? We see it as um, an elitist pastime, whereas it is not. <laughs> it's for your own good. Yeah. So how would rest, <laughs> yes. relaxation, yes. all this recreational, how do we um, channel it into revenue generation for the state. Good question. That brings me to the yeah. question. Good question. Who's managing these tourism sites? Yes. Um, the tradition is this. You have private site owners. Then in some instances, you have PPP, the public-private partnership model. I know that Obudu, yeah. for example. Yes. It's yes. PPP stuff. Yes, of course. You bring the uh, operators with... Um, track record, you know, from whether South Africa or Brazil or America, you know, where where they have actually done this business successfully. So you bring them here. Yeah, because the, the, the sites are actually uh, located in our various states. Okay. But what about a place like Yankari Games Reserve? Who's managing it? Yes. 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 It's a PPP thing that they are doing about you. Yes, they have a private, uh, public-private partnership model, and it's working well. And it is what we should all uh, adopt. So, like, um, ask, you know, how would this site generate money? It's very simple. Uh, you have a site like Ogbazu, for example, in Benin. Then people come to see animals, to see wildlife, to see, uh, you know, this rare species of animals. They pay some money to enter as gate. Fee? Funny okay. enough, yeah. I have lived in Benin, uh-huh. and uh, this is my first time hearing that name. Yes, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. That means I take my children. The state governor is doing little yeah. or nothing. No, no it no. depends on when you lived there. 
Yeah. Things may have been. Yes. The Obazu actually has been there for decades. All right. Yeah. I stayed Perhaps there. Perhaps you were. Uh, is this same culture of. Uh, Neglect or. Uh, no, our, our, our being violent, very compromised disposition towards recreational arrest. You understand? If you fancied rest and relaxation, you would have asked people, say, hey, where can I? Where can we go this weekend? And maybe see some rare, you know, animals. Why don't we hear that. about such places on the radio? Well, we also need to mainstream the sector in, in our discourse. Maybe in that's, our that's where we would need state orientation agencies. Yeah, sure. I agree. So that is how the, in the sector works. You make uh, gate collections for people that come. Okay, then from that money, you can give part of it to government, whether as tax. Okay, then you use all the other part to pay uh, your workers and maintain, you know, uh, your, your facility. Okay, so the more leg traffic you can attract to the site, the more money you make. So you can leverage the power of social media, conventional media, promote the sites, and people will come. That's how it works. But unfortunately, in this part of the world, you tell people, okay, you are entitled to leave, it's your time to go and leave, and it tells you it's not going on leave. That is okay. <laughs> you know what's baffling okay. me is... So, so that's, that's one of the challenges we're having in this part of uh, the world. We don't value you know, relaxation, we don't value rest. You know, most times it is uh, when we are... Uh, in very serious, uh, we have very serious head challenges. I will remember that we're supposed to take a break, you know, and pamper our bodies that we have been, you know, using from January, <laughs> you, you know, uh, to December. What amazes me is Nigerian vacationers, you hardly hear them say, I'm going to spend my holidays in Calabar, I'm going to. Cattle ranch mm. going to this so and so place or mm. that so, that so and so place. Yeah. You only hear we are going to Dubai, yeah. we are going to the US, yeah. we are going to London. Yeah. I think if there were enough investment mm. in the states where there are attractions, yeah. tourist attractions. Yeah. Um, much of what Nigerians spend out would have been kind of inside. Well, I agree completely. Yeah, we must consider the fact that these other countries have done uh, well in building the support infrastructure for the industry. We can't deny that. Okay, so our governments, at the state, even at the local government level, you know, they can't they have roles to play. In fact, the tourism master plan that was unveiled in. 2008 provides roles for everybody, even individuals, even um, village groups, youth groups, and all that. We all have roles to play. We can raise some money, uh, set up a small um, facility, maybe a guest house. Okay, we can even build it with clay, and the resources we can source locally. Okay, how if you do it well, when visitors come, they want a place to to lodge, they will patronize you. Okay, so that's how it works. That's how it works. So we need that. We need the investment. So a tourism support fund would help, you know, kickstart uh, uh, activities in, in the industry. I think the industry really needs that from yeah. the government. Just as we are, you know, keep pumping money into agriculture, 
you know, and other sectors. Okay. Um, I have a comment here from an expert. A, a, a comment sent in from an expert um, by the name Bolade Itakolo. And he said, uh, state the, the designated state agencies like land bureaus, business promotion councils, and various departments saddled with generating revenue for the state government should be given monthly or quarterly reports to the State House of Assembly and the general public on progress made so far in specific areas. He also said, states must look inward and now have business promotion councils that have the powers and mandate from the state government to source, discuss, and propose business-friendly policies that would attract local and foreign investors enough to convince them to do business with the state. So I think if um, uh, that state adopts this, it will also um, be good for them in generating IGRs. That's brilliant. Yeah. So it's about engagement at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We must engage government, you know, and uh, make our own input. Tell them, hey, these things can be better done. You know, um, greater transparency. Let people know. Then, of course, when people know that. This is um, know the figure that the state is generating, and of course know what the money is used for. Then that will even engender, you know, uh, more positive feedback, positive attitude towards uh, revenue payments. Yeah. Thanks for joining yeah. us today. Uh, thanks to you all, listeners. You agree that there is so much. There's much opportunity out there for states to generate revenue. It's just to look and see that you don't have to come to Abuja. There are opportunities out there at the state level. and uh, No, but if their entitlements are in Abuja, they have to come to Abuja. <laughs> yeah. They need to make use of what they have also. No, no, that they can that can complement what they are entitled to yes, constitutionally. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you agree that, that there are opportunities out there for states to complement what they are getting from the federal government as revenue. Yes, money they can use to improve infrastructure. And yes, once they do, the economies will grow. So thanks to you, our panelists, and Isaac. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's been fun, really. Thank you, our listener out there. Pleasure has been mine. Thanks to you listeners for joining us. We'll see you next time on this show. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.